Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come and join us at 10am every Sunday. So Lord, thank you for Phil, thank you for the word that you've put in his heart. Just pray you would speak to us all this morning, bless us by what he's got to say. May we have ears to hear what you want to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry, I was trying to control myself there. Not like you do it. Okay, well, good morning, everybody. Great to see you again. And uh, so last week, Neil talked a bit about being um, knowing God as our friend. And I don't know how many of you related to that last week. Um, I think a few people struggled. We certainly had a discussion about it in group this week, and a few people kind of find it hard because you would tend to relate to God as Father, maybe Jesus as friend. And um, he is our friend, though. Uh, you know, you go back into the Old Testament to Abraham, and it said Abraham was a friend of God. And it's very clear in the Old Testament and the New that God had friends. But more than that, he is our Father. And he was the Father of Jesus. Jesus came and he talked about his Father. He spoke a lot about the Father. But then when he taught us to pray, he taught us to pray, Our Father. Suddenly, we're encouraged to be included, and we are included through Jesus, into being part of this family, this amazing family of God. And we're brought into that. And so, what is an appropriate talk to do on Father's Day? Talk about the Father. It's kind of obvious, isn't it, really? It's kind of, you know... Could talk about something completely different, but actually that wouldn't necessarily always be appropriate. But I want to just bring out what I think are some truths from Scripture that will really help us to really grasp. Because I think God wants to do something in this today. I felt felt very strong by the Holy Spirit both before as I've been preparing during the prayer time and certainly during the worship this morning. Just a sense of God wanting to impact our own hearts, our own lives with some truths about what it is for Him to have actually come to us and reveal himself to us as a father and of course we know that not all of us have had great experience of that some of us not even had kind of known our fathers lots of things and particularly this time of year I guess it could be quite difficult because you're bombarded on tv you know get this great gift and you know buy your dad a Porsche or um you know <laughs> did you not gain one Anna you know, uh, getting the latest Rolex, whatever it might be, you know, spend this money, spoil him. And of course, if you don't know your father, that could be quite difficult. Or get a nice card. My son very nicely got me an Indian takeaway last night, and it was just great. Mind you, I did have him crawling under my car to fix it first. So, um, But it was just, just spending time, actually, because that's all I wanted to do. I didn't want a gift. And I've said to my kids all along, I don't want cards, I don't want gifts. I just want to spend time with you. And actually, that's the heart of the Father. Our Heavenly Father is, it's time. It's time with Him. He wants to spend time with you and me. It's not about all the gifts that He gives us, which are great. It's not about all the blessings He pours out on us, which is great. He wants to spend time with us. Because He loves us. Passionately. So I've got a bit of a slideshow. I don't have to work. We'll see how we go. 
get the first one up, you might be able to see it. God is an intentional father. Now, that may not be your experience. And as we know, for some, some end up being fathers without any intent of being a father at all. You know, a one-night stand here, you know, all that kind of thing goes on. No intention of becoming a father. Some start off with an intention of being a father, find it too hard and think, I can't do this anymore and disappear. Others maybe have lost their father through sickness or various ways. But actually, God has always been intentional. Right from the start, he is intentional. And I'm just going to read, don't turn over to the screen yet, I'm just going to read the passage from Ephesians. New Living Translation, Ephesians 3 to 6. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. It's Ephesians 1. Ephesians, Neil says Ephesians 2 is his favourite chapter in the Bible. Ephesians total is my favourite book of the Bible. Ephesians 1, 3 to 6 is probably my most favourite verses because it speaks truth. It reveals the heart of a genuine intentional father and we're just going to pick out some truths out of this and I've got seven you may not have picked seven out of just my reading those few verses so let's look at a number one in his love God's heart it came out of love his intention was because of his love for us for God so loved the world he gave his intention always was from a heart of love a heart of compassion for you. A heart of the fact that he loved you. You may not love him. You may not even know him. You may have come to love him, but he started off even before you were made. He loved you. It starts with love. The foundation of it all, of the heart of the Father, is his love for us. It's interesting, of all creation, the only thing that was created that was in the image of God is you and me. Everything else was for his pleasure, for his glory, shows his glory. But he said, let's make man in our own image. We're the only bit, the only part of creation that's been made intentionally for God. Intentionally by him to be like him. To be in his image because of his love. Because of his love for humanity that he's created. He loves us. It came right from the heart and the place of his love starts with love it ends with love and right the way through it is love a whole life a whole journey the whole process of God making a way for us back to the father was love for us you got that number one truth it comes from the heart of love if you don't think God loves you it starts there from a heart of love okay truth number two he chose us, actually picked us out for himself. You know, he actually went and actually chose us. He chose you. 
decided this is the one I want. This is the one I've created that I want for myself. He sought you out to, to win you, to win your heart, to get you, to show his love to you, that you might experience that. He chose you, deliberate choice. As I said a few minutes ago, you know, some people become fathers not through any deliberate choice. But he did. He chose you to be in Christ Jesus. He chose you. He went after you. And he chose you. An amazing truth that you have been chosen by God. And even if you're here this morning, you don't yet know Jesus, you haven't yet given your life to him and asked him to become Lord and save your life, he's still choosing. He's still choosing even today. He didn't just choose once and that was it. He keeps choosing. And he keeps choosing us even when we mess up, even when we get things wrong, even sometimes when we turn our back on God, he still keeps choosing us. His choice for us is not a one-time only thing. It's continuous. He continues, I'm so glad he continues to choose me. Because there's many a times, if I'd have been the one choosing me, I'd have turned my back on me. And some of you have. Some of you have turned your back on yourselves sometimes. You've given up on yourself. God never does. Some of you have been given up on by fathers, but he never does, because he's the true father. He's the full example of what Father is. He chose and he keeps choosing. And he continues to choose you even now. No matter what you've done this week, no matter what week you're going to have ahead, he's still choosing you. His choice to choose. Okay, three. Chosen Christ before the foundation of the world. That we should be wholly set apart for him and blameless in his sight. We could not do anything to make ourselves blameless. We could do nothing to purify ourselves. But he chose us even before he created the world. He chose you and me. That just, I love this. There's a Owen Wilson, you know him, actor. And he does this thing on, I think it's one of the adverts I've seen him on. And he does it and he kind of just stands there and goes, mind blown. And that kind of does that for me. That statement, before the foundation of the world, I can't get my head around what that is, what that means for him actually to choose me before I was even ever was. As they say, even before I was a twinkle in my father's eye. He chose me. Before the foundation of the world, before he created anything, he chose me to be in Christ Jesus. I am so pleased. And he chose me in spite of knowing all my faults and failings. He knew what family I would be born into. He knew the time in history I'd be born. He knew what my life would be like. And he knows how long my life's going to be. It's interesting, aren't we? We were, I've gone away on from visiting our son last night and in the car, we were just saying about, talking about well, how weird it will be because... We don't yet know, uh, we've got our grandsons, but we don't know yet our great-grandsons and maybe we might get to even meet great-great-grandsons if we live long enough. Who knows? And yet, we don't understand that. We can't get our heads around that. And, but actually, God already knows the whole history. You know, Ancestry.com, you know all the back history, but God knows the forward history, not the back not just the back. He knows the forward history 
of every one of us, of all of our lives, and he knew it before he even created it. That is awesome. That just blows my mind. And I'm trying to explain it, and I'm not doing very well because it blows my mind. And if, if it blows my mind, I'm sure it's blowing yours as well. And I know there's more clever people in the room than me, but it still blows my mind. It's just incredible. And not only that, but to set us apart. It's just amazing that suddenly we weren't anything and now we are. It talks about once you weren't the people of God, but now you are the people of God. We're part of the family. We're added in. We're included. And I used to do a talk many years ago on church's community, where it was a series of talks I did on church's community. And you suddenly realise that you know when people have got it. I was, we were visiting another church plant over in Shrewsbury, and one of the guys who I'd just been sharing this with and had been teaching in the church, and he was there. And while we were visiting his church, we were just having tea and coffee afterwards. And he was on a table, and he was sat preaching my preach on church's community and what it is to be part of family and belonging and having that community. I'm thinking... Well, if he's preaching it, he's got it. He's sharing it because it's done something in his heart. It's done something in his life. He's, he's caught it. What God intended is that we become a family together. And actually, he's caught what it is to be one in Christ. Set apart. A people chosen, called for God. Isn't that amazing? Have you caught that? Have you caught what it is? Because some people will say you can... You can actually be a Christian without going to church. I don't actually agree, biblically, because it's not. It puts us into family. We're called into family. We're called to belong. We're called to be together. We're set apart. We once, because he doesn't talk about individuals. He says once you're not a people, not a person, a people. Now you are. He talks about the corporate belonging together in the family of God. And that's what we've been set apart for. That's what he chose us for. Aren't these amazing truths? Or is it just me getting excited? You don't look like you're getting very excited. Really? Is that you're excited? Is that as excited as you get, Neil? <laughs> I'm surprised you're not running up and down the room, Neil. Come on. <laughs> I just think it's amazing. It just captures me. I can't believe that. so many truths in just these few verses that Paul just brings out. Just, they are life transforming truths if we fully embrace them in our hearts. Number four, we're above reproach before him. How? Because of his love. You know, when he talks, you talked about the children of Israel, and it says, as they came out of Egypt, it says, I remove the reproach of Israel from you, of Egypt from you. I remove that reproach, that stain, that awful time they had as slaves in, in Egypt. He removed it from them. So too, has the our slavery to sin, the reproach of our slavery to sin has been removed because of his love for us. In his love, he's removed it from us. That reproach has gone. And actually, when the enemy comes to accuse us, tells us we're not worthy, actually, just quote this back to him. That reproach is gone. It's dealt with at the cross. He's removed it from me. The moment I come to Jesus, give my life to him, that reproach has gone. It's been removed because of love. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers it. His love has covered our sin. Washed it clean and removed our reproach. 
Don't let the enemy deceive you. Don't allow him to have room in your life to tell you that's not true. Because he will come and accuse. He's the accuser of the brethren, it says. And the father of lies. Right from the beginning, that's all he wants to do. He wants to bring you down. He wants to rob you of the reality of living in this truth. He wants to rob you of the joy of knowing there's no reproach on you. It's gone, it's dealt with, you're free. And if we're truly free in Christ Jesus, then we're free. And no matter how much the enemy wants to tell us something else, we just speak the truth. We are free. The reproach is gone. Is that true for you? Really true for you? Amen. Come on. God's good. He's removed our reproach. Number five. For, for he for ordained us, destined us, and planned in love for us to be adopted as his own children. That's part of the thing that blows my mind. We're predestined for this. I remember once I was speaking in Spain and I was visiting a number of churches that were just looking to be part of the New Frontiers family and it was really nice meeting these guys, great, about 20 churches around Spain, four of them in, in Madrid itself and uh, invited out for a meal, which was really nice, went to this nice Chinese restaurant, you're in Spain, you go to a Chinese restaurant <laughs> and you suddenly realise that actually the Chinese adapt the food to the culture. So it's very different to going to Chinese in this country. <laughs> the first thing they do is, you've got a Lazy Susan in front of you, and on the Lazy Susan is just pictures of sangria. And you start just on that, it's great. And then it's kind of the food starts going, and it's just amazing, and nothing like it. Anyway, we sat around this table enjoying this wonderful Chinese, Spanish food, and... Um, and the first question, the guy who kind of he was heading up this network of churches, the first question he asked me was, so where does New Frontier stand on predestination? <laughs> I'm kind of, hang on a minute. That's a big theological debate to start with. Kind of, let's just be friends. Let's get to know each other a little bit first. Not where we stand theologically. But I am convinced that God predestined me to be his son. I'm convinced because the Bible clearly tells me I've been predestined for this. I've been predestined, pre-planned, pre-approved, pre-affirmed. It's all there. I have been planned for this. So I did get around to telling him that in the end. I said, I don't care what you believe, but I believe this. Because God chose me and predestined me. He's planned my days. He's purposed my life. He knows what's still to come. You know, we encourage one another sometimes by saying the best is still yet to come. Well, it is. Whether it's in this life or the next, the best is still yet to come. Because I've been predestined for it. And so have you. God pre-planned your life and my life. And you don't understand sometimes, some people I know that have come to faith later on in life, and they said to me, why? Why has God taken this long to get me? Why did it take it this long for me to become a Christian? And I don't have the answer to that. God does, and God knew, and God chose. And whatever point in life we choose to give our life to him, God already had it ordained. 
He already had it planned. Your life was already planned out and he used your life's experience, circumstances, situations just to bring him to him, bring you to him. And he uses it for good. Because it's pre-planned. Purposed in God. Right in the very heart of God, he drew up your life plan. That's amazing. He has your life plan. You know, we can think we have it planned out. For those of you like Hannah, finishing your exams, off to universities or whatever else you're going to do, God already has it planned. We worry, we fret about it. What are we going to do? Where am I going to go? How's it going to work out? I'm going to have enough money. Where am I going to live? All that kind of stuff. Actually, let's come back to the one who's already pre-planned. Let's trust him for it. Let's allow him to open the doors and allow him to close the doors that aren't good for us because he's planned. And sometimes we want to push against doors that aren't good for us. We think they are, God knows they're not. And we push against them sometimes because we want what we want. We want our way. We want to do it this way. We want to go that way. Let's submit to the one who's already pre-planned. And let's find his plan. And let's follow his plan for our life. Because his plans are good. <coughs> his plans are good for us. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy for us. That doesn't mean say we're not going to suffer and things happen because we promise that it will happen as well. But he knows how he will use it for good too. Because it's all in the plan. You know, and even my son who's not really walking with God much at the moment, he, bought, he recently bought a house last year. Now the garage with a house, rather than a house with a garage. And um, he um, went into the garage and as he lifted, uh, pressed the button, the door goes up, and fastened to the door, it was a cross that said under it, please protect us. And he just looked at me and said, that was meant to be then, Dad, weren't it? I was supposed to have this house, or this garage. And I'm like, well, yeah, if you want to take that from that, that's fine. I said, but God's got a plan for your life, Dan. God's got a plan. And he always has. We just need to discover it. Because he doesn't reveal it all. And if he did, it would scare us off. He doesn't reveal it all. He reveals it bit by bit as we walk with him. Because actually, that's the purpose. We're on this journey of life with him. That's the whole point. It's about relationship. It's about him being a father to us. Not about us being independent mavericks doing our own thing. It's about knowing the Father and being led and cherished and loved by the Father. That was the whole point. His intent was always to be our Father. Okay, number six. In accordance with the purpose of his will, because it pleased him. You know, you please God. Marion always encourages us that we need joy in the church. Always. She prays it every week. Let there be joy in the church. And, you know, there's some stuff to be really joyful about in these truths. There's some stuff here that actually, it pleases God. You please him. So why aren't you pleased with him? Because he's pleased with you. You delight him. You please him. It says about us that we're the apple of his eye. You please him. Does he please you the same way? Are you pleased with God as father in the same way as he's pleased with you as his child? I don't think I am. Because some, you know, people say to me sometimes, you don't smile much, do you? 
You know, we're always very happy. I just say it's all going on in the inside. <laughs> but actually, God wants to know. He wants to know actually how much we love him, how much we enjoy him, how much actually we're pleased with him because he is pleased with us. Even when we mess up, he's pleased with us, you know? Not pleased what we did, but he's pleased with us. He doesn't affirm our failings, he cleanses us from them, but he's still pleased with us because our failings do not define who we are. He defines who we are. The Father heart of God defines who we are. Not our sin, not our failing, not our shortcomings. Therefore, he's still pleased with us even when we mess up. And actually, the enemy tells us totally different, doesn't he? How many times does the enemy tell you, he's going to be cross with you, he's going to punish you, watch out, here it comes, you've really messed up this time, he's on our case. But actually, no, he's pleased with us. Yeah, there's consequence sometimes to our sin, and we have to live with the consequence, but consequence is different to punishment. We need to be clear about that. We, and we're not to see consequence as punishment. Because it says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. It's everything. Everything that's not, in my book, that's everything that's not right, he cleanses us from. If it's all unrighteousness, it's everything that's not right. And he cleanses it all. That's the kind of God he is. Because he's pleased with us. And number seven. And it was his kind intent. Going back to the very first point, an intentional father. In his kindness, it was his intent. You know? I know I didn't want kids. Sally had to convince me. Okay? I just never thought really, I'd never had thought I'd see kids in my life. Never really wanted it. She wore me down. We had two kids. So it just melts your heart when your daughter sends you a message first thing this morning. She knows I get up early. Sends me a message early on. Dad, I love you. It just got me. You know, the, la- the 18 years approximately that you have your kids at home where you have the responsibility for them to care for them, nurture them, bring them up. Well, so I know some of you don't ever get rid of your kids. I know. <laughs> I was fortunate enough my kids left home early. Some of you may not be so lucky. Some of them, you may have your kids living with you till you're 60, 70, 80, 90. Who knows? They may be that age still living with you. Who knows? But there was something about those 18 years where kind of you're responsible for them, isn't it? 18, kind of, they have become adults. They become responsible for themselves, Hannah, remember? Respons- take responsibility for yourself now. <laughs> and, you know, you have those 18 years, and I was just sharing with somebody just the other day, I'd have those 18 years back again any day. Any day. It went so quick. Everybody tells you it's going to go quick. And when you've got screaming kids and dirty nappies and up in the night, you don't think it's ever going to be over. It's never going to end. But I have to say now, looking back, I'd have those 18 years again any time. We set out right at the start. We are going to create great memories for our kids. That was our intent right from the start. 
We want to create great memories. And that's what we did. And I know my daughter looks back on those memories with rose-tinted glasses. It's not quite as glamorous as she thinks it is. We had some interesting holidays. And things happen, stuff happens. But actually, you know, I'm glad she has memories. Even, even Danny, who doesn't say a lot about this kind of stuff, just the other week, he got emotional when he was remembering one of our holidays and one of the things that happened. And I thought, I've never seen that in Dan. He's getting soft in his old age. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we created great memories. We intended to, we did, because they've got them. And that's the test, isn't it? They've got them. God wants to give you great memories of your life with him. He doesn't want you to look back on your, war, your life with him to say, well, weren't that great, was it? Didn't really enjoy it. Didn't really enjoy the father much. Didn't really have a great time. It seemed to be when I became a Christian, everything went wrong and I just had troubles in my life. Well, yeah, we will get some of that. But it's not so much what happens, it's how we handle it. It's my strap line, always. It's not what happens, it's how you handle it that really matters to God. Are you handling it with a loving Heavenly Father? Are you trying to just work it out all around? God loves you. And his intent is always you. Because that's the heart of the Father. Let's stand together. <coughs> I bet you never knew those seven truths were in that, those few verses, did you? Lord, we want to thank you for such amazing truth. Lord, we want to thank you for your intent for us, that you would have us for yourself. Lord, I want to pray for everyone in this room right now. Lord, wherever they may not be connected, fully connected, never been connected with you, God, I pray now, by your Holy Spirit, will you come, Lord, and will you win hearts afresh? Come, Father of the nations. Come and win our hearts. Lord, we want to know you as a true Father for us. Lord, where we may not have had that great experience in this world, in this life, God, we thank you, Lord, you are the prime example of what Father is. And I pray you'll come and reveal yourself in our hearts again. Come reveal yourself, your delight over us right now, Holy Spirit, I pray. Come and reveal the delight that you have in your children. The fact that you've made us your children. That we will be delighted in you again. That God, our hearts will be filled with the joy of knowing that we are your children. Our hearts will overflow again with you, I pray. So come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Just bring the love of the Father to us right now. Just bring the love of the Father. Let it come and rest on. On this Father's Day, I pray, may we be reconnected with you. May we tell you that we love you. May we tell you that we're delighted in you. That we value you. We value your love, your acceptance. God, that we delight in all that you are and all that you've done you are truly amazing so come to us now holy spirit i pray come to us meet with us right now i pray these truths will just be revealed in our hearts afresh you you the intentional father not no accident no mistake you chose us before the foundation of the world let it blow our minds, Lord. 
Let that truth come and blow our minds. God, I pray for your glory. For your glory, let it come on us, I pray. Holy Spirit, just come to us right now. Come to us right now. I just, I know some of you, I just sense that you've, you've partnered with the lies of the enemy. Yeah, and he's come and accused, and he's come and said it's not true. He's come and said he doesn't love you because of this. And he's, look, look at the family you put you, look at the situations you're in, look at what's happened to you. That's not love. That doesn't demonstrate the love of a, a father. And he's lied to you. And I just want to encourage you right now to just give those lies to the Father and let these truths in right now. If that's you, just, just put your hand up right now. I want to pray for you. Because the Holy Spirit's going to come and destroy the lies of the enemy. Because that's what he does. So Holy Spirit, I just pray, come right now to anyone who's believed a lie. Who's believed the, those lies that would rob them of the Father heart of the Father. The loving God, I pray right now, just break those lies in the name of Jesus. Come and set people free right now, I pray. We just bring down every lie in Jesus' name. We put it to death right now in Jesus' name. We break the power of the lie to control and have influence over our minds and our hearts in the name of Jesus, and we set you free. Now let the love of the Father come to you. The love of the Father. Just come to you right now. Holy Spirit, come and fill them with love again. Fill them with your love again. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just feel I need to say this. Is that some of you, you just don't feel like you've been approved. Perhaps not had approval of an earthly father or times when you haven't known that. And... Uh, but God approves of you. God approves you right now. I just want to speak that over you. I want to speak that truth over you. Those of you who have not known the approval of a father, God speaks his approval over you right now. We speak it over you in the name of Jesus. Approved by God the Father. Approved by him. You're here because he approves of you. You're here. You're in the family of God. You're part of the family of God here because he approves you right now. Just let that truth sink into your heart. Hear it. Don't allow the enemy to rob you of that truth right now. Just accept it. He approves. He approves. He approves of you. Who you are. Made in the image of God. Chosen before the foundation of the earth. He approves you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. <coughs> so as we finish, Lord, I pray, let it be a day of just rejoicing in our Heavenly Father. As we remember earthly fathers, Lord, I pray, may we truly remember our great Father in Heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and all that you've done for us, that you've brought us, made a way for us to the Father. We thank you, we honour you. Bless your name. Amen.